a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thomas. This episode, guys, we get to talk to Victor Bang. Uh, the only question I got for you is, are you ready for an upgrade in consciousness? Because that's exactly what this is. He is a fantastic thinker, a seeker, a modern-day philosopher. This guy and I really go down some deep rabbit holes, and it's fantastic. He is one of the most chill, one of the most amazing free thinkers that I have ever come across. Absolutely grateful to have him on the show. You guys, all of the ways to find him, his website, his TikTok, his Instagram will be linked in the show notes. You guys go check that out. Of course, I will uh, wrap this up with you guys after the show, so enjoy the episode. I sure as hell did. Without any further ado, Mr. Victor Bang. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We have Victor Bang on the show today. Victor, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself, man? Good, man. Every day. Every day above ground is a great day, and that's really what I believe. That's why I say it all the time. It's listeners are like all right we get it every day above ground's a good day that's fine but i'm gonna keep putting that message out there because that's my vibe and that's what i go with so uh my friend uh tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we'll just get it going here buddy all right let's see uh so i gave the short elevator version so long story short i'm just a guy that um questioned a lot of stuff i've always been a curious person um normal guy grew up in pensacola florida uh lived a normal life until i really started um Questioning a lot of things. 9-11 was really the first thing that really got me to wondering the real underpinnings of what's going on. So um, when I first saw that, I, it just didn't look normal. It didn't look real. It just something looked off. So I really started looking into that and kind of the background on, on that deal. And that really got me in, into looking into conspiracies and kind of what's going on behind the scenes. So um I didn't stop with 9-11 and I started asking myself, okay, well, if there's a potential that this can happen and they can get away with it, then what else can there be? You know, what other, if I was to focus my attention on, on helping on a level or exposing something, what would be the one thing that I could expose that would, would help? So I saw it deeper and deeper. And then I realized that the, and, and it's not really a conspiracy, but it's just something that's hidden the, the spiritual um, the spiritual journey or the spiritual reality, I feel, is the the key to it all. And um, so that's really what I started focusing on. I started looking at religions. I started looking at my own religion. I, I grew up in a strict Church of Christ background, so we didn't even have music in our church and everything. Started questioning that. Was baptized three times. I really wanted to have an experience. So the thing about me is I wanted to have my own experience. I didn't want to be told something from someone else, you know, that could have the same experience I could, you know, if someone said God can talk to them, well, okay, well, what did you do? So I can hear it as well. So as I started looking deeper and deeper into these things, I said, okay, well, you know what, I'm just going to start from scratch. I'm, I'm going to experiment with my own consciousness. I'm going to see what I can prove to myself. What can I experience myself 
if I didn't know anything. So I started from scratch. So I started from basically being an atheist. I had to prove that there was even a, a God out there. And then I said, okay, well, what is the one thing that none of us can claim ownership of that if there was a God, that would be proof of? So then I said, well, nature would be the one thing. So I started looking at nature and really started looking at the intelligence behind that. And when you really start digging into that, you can see that there is an underlying intelligence. Um, it's the odds of this happening by chance are ridiculously low. So then when you say it's a possibility that there is a creative force and there is intelligence behind this, then the next question was, well, what's my relationship to it? And that's really the, the spiritual journey, your relationship to that. And um, it got to the point for me where intellectually it made a lot of sense. And um, I changed my diet. I was doing uh, meditation. I was I was doing a lot of different things just to to really clear clear the old me and make room for this this new awareness. And the major light switch happened to me when I was in the Everglades. I used to go in the Everglades and and walk around out there during the day. And it was broad daylight and. Um, I had what you would call an out-of-body experience. I, I was looking up at a cloud and just imagining being up inside the cloud or looking looking down at the cloud. And then in an instant, um, I felt myself looking down at that cloud. And um, in that instant, I was thinking to myself, well, how can I see without eyes? You know, how am I thinking without, you know, a, a brain, you know, and, and is, is this me, right? It, is, you know, is something playing tricks on me? And then at that point, um, I had to, it was like I was snapped back into my body. And then from that point on, it was like I saw, I saw through the illusion. And it was, the only way to kind of explain it is like awakening from a dream. It was like, oh, this is, this is what they're, what they're talking about. You know, and during my journey, I listened a lot to a guy named Anthony DeMeo. And he was a Jesuit priest. And he did a lot of uh, lectures and videos talking about awakening. And he talked about it in a very pragmatic way and didn't get into any specific rituals, or any specific religions or ways to do it or, or to come about it. It was really more a, a path of reduction. When you remove all of the things that you think you are, that's what's left. So that's kind of the path that I chose. And um, I like the way that he spoke and the way that he talked. And he was pretty brave to talk about the things that he talked about inside the Catholic Church. Actually, after he passed away, they kind of um, renounced some of his teaching because he didn't put Jesus on a pedestal. Well, this is, you know, after he passed, because during the time, you know, he was a pretty popular guy. So I always thought that it was something that I could attain and just my engineering brain just wanted to see what was that process. And then when it did happen, um, I had the intellectual side down. Then when I had the experience, it was like, well, this is this is the good news. Like and then, it, I, you know. It really got me to thinking, well, why isn't this common knowledge? Why isn't this something that, you know, isn't hidden from us? And this is something that we know from the jump. You know, how would this change the world if we knew that we were spiritual beings having a human experience? And so I sought to, uh, one, document my experience, you know, as scientifically as I could and put that information out there and really just to see where this would take me if I just continued that path. And that was over six years ago. And here we are now, man. So what's the documenting of your path been like? So, so the Truman show is what you're talking about, right? True man. 
Yeah, yeah. So so before that, so I've always had a, a camcorder in my hand. So since I was 11, my, my family, they had a camcorder. And they didn't know how to work this thing. So they just gave it to me. And then I, we started filming videos. And most of it was home movies and stuff like that. We'd film videos and just kind of edit them and, you know, laugh at ourselves. And that was kind of what we were doing, like uh, little skits and stuff like that. So I've always had a camera in my hand and recorded stuff. And um, so I've got footage of, of me from since 11. And it really didn't take a turn until I really started the spiritual journey. And then I started, well, let me document this. Let me let me really talk about my experience while it's happening, while it's fresh and kind of capture that, even if no one's watching for my own record so that I can look back and and just kind of kind of remember those things. So I've been doing that. And the, the Truman Show is just the idea of a reality show where this is pretty much being taken on the road and also talking to other people that have had these experiences. Because as I've traveled and as I've um, went around and I, I spent some time in between jobs, just kind of observing the matrix, if you will, and just kind of just just seeing with my own eyes what was going on and talking to people. And it surprised me how many people in different pockets are having these same experiences, but just are not speaking about it because they're afraid of ridicule and being ostracized and all of these things. And I've experienced all those things myself and I'm, I'm still talking, but um, the, the idea is to really show those people that for one, they're not alone. They're not crazy, but they're talking about makes sense. And they're, they're really ahead of the curve from a, a normal standpoint and it's okay. And part of that as well is to really, and we talk about it all the time, we need to get together, we need to unify, but to, to, really, to really do that, to really, to really put in the effort to do that, um, I wanna be a part of that. And that's part of what I'm attempting to show is what that looks like, at least on one level. And, um, and I, think we, I think we have the numbers now. I think there's enough people awake and awakening now it's just the different pockets. And if we can really combine those voices and amplify them, then I think we can really get this into the, the mainstream to kind of show the people that there's some legs to it. And then they can do their own work and have their own experience. Because it's not about what I say or what anyone else is say, or saying. It's about having your own experience. And my whole thing is just showing that it's possible. I know there's only so much that I can prove. And I know at the end of the day, I'm just someone talking. But the thing is, is it possible? And if it's possible, then it's up to you and the individual to kind of do their own work, to have their own experience and prove it to themselves. Beautiful. And I think what you're doing with the movement is incredible because, yes, there are folks like us out here. We are having a great consciousness shift is what is really occurring here on the planet. And it's planet wide, but especially in your geographical location, you can tell Things are different. People are fed up with it. People are searching for answers, and they're tired of the old institutions filling the void that they were told was there. And we all have that feeling. We all have that void. But when you do really look at it, and you and because there's a lot of miserable people that are religious, there are a lot of miserable people that still that feel like and and you can tell too when you talk to them. And I know several. I've got them in my family. You can tell when you talk to them. It's a script. It's a there's no idea or thought behind it. It is just this rattled off, pounded into their mind. Don't think about it. And that's actually in the Bible. You can't question Christianity at all or you're out of you're out of it. You know, you're done. And any anything like that. And I've had I've had some big issues about religion and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that because I was same thing. We did have music and stuff in my church, but it was it was damn near the same thing that what you went through. So, um with with religion specifically and 
<clears throat> the difference is that religion and spirituality are separate in the fact that uh, it's not there's no real rules to spirituality in the fact that we don't believe in a god that would create free will and then punish you for eternity for using it it's usually and especially with a myriad of factors that are out of your hands like there's so many things that happen on a day-to-day basis that could if you follow the words literally damn you to hell without you even being able to do anything about it and not to mention the fact that it all really depends on luck it depends on where you were born and what god you were born into it's like well so my mom decided to squirt me out here so therefore this is the god but if he squirted you out in the Amazon, then those people are okay because they never heard about God. But it, it's a it's a weird dichotomy, man, and and I don't think it's supposed to make sense. I think it's supposed to be controlling, and I think that they, what religion has done, and I'm not bashing people who are religious. What I'm saying is, is the institution itself is very limiting, and it it tells the people involved in it that you have to go through somebody else because you can't do it on your own. And that's that's one of the main issues I've got with it. The other main issue I've got with it is the fact that it's all wrapped up in interpretation. And it's if you if you if it was your eternal soul, right? And I've said this before, but if it if it's your eternal soul we're talking about here, then it wouldn't be left up to question, it wouldn't be left up to interpretation, uh, and it wouldn't be left up to some you needing to find it out from somebody else. A big issue I've always had it was that it wasn't an innate quality. Curiosity about the afterlife and what God is is an innate quality, but no firm, true answers that they provide are what I get whenever I look into that void or whenever I ask myself that question. So what was what was it like for you to come to your realization with your spiritual awakening? And then what was the next thing? Was it easy to come to? And then you just birthed into this process after uh, atheism as well. So what was that like for you? It, it was a process. So the so when I decided to to start over, um I looked at different religions. So I even uh there was a phase where I was talking to uh um one of my friends who was a, a Muslim and 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 this is just, just seeing the different teachings and different religions. And then that's when I decided to to just leave it all and just start from scratch. So just prove to me that this this God exists. And as I just progressed on, just looking at it from a, a scientific standpoint, I, I try to be practical. I, I try to be logical. I try to use as much common sense as possible. And 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 I harp on experience. So so that way, no one else can can program you or pull the wool over your eyes. Something you can experience yourself, and it needs to make sense to yourself, and not something that you can just swallow as a belief from someone else who may not have an experience themselves. Because a lot of that is just parroted stuff. So when you get in, when you get ordained, you're just ordaining a belief system. So it's not like you have any realization yourself. You just know exactly what to what to continue to, to spit off to the next person. But um, as I was gaining more awareness and, and even looking back, even looking back at the scriptures, like um, I pick on Christianity just because I have the, the most um, experience with it. And Jesus as a character just because. I know more of him than any the other religions. But if you really look at what what he says in the Bible, I know that there's, you know, interpretations and and there's a story of how we got the books that we got and all of this stuff. But if you look at the the main crux of what he's talking about, the kingdom of heaven and being within and those kind of things, it's really talking about the same thing. So I try not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but a lot of religious people just get caught up on on that specific. And a lot of it too is putting someone on a pedestal when even they said the things that I can do, you can do them better. 
but they don't want to, most people don't want to hear that because there's a responsibility. And also the, the, the way they portray Jesus is, well, who wants to be Jesus when you're going to get hung and crucified and, and go through all those things? And part of the spiritual journey for me was kind of experience some of something, some of that, even from my own family who were quote unquote Christians. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of them still believe I'm lost and, and going to hell. And, um, and and I can have a conversation with them with the Bible. I, I probably know more about the Bible than they do, but um, there's they're, they're not even open to considering the possibility. And they don't even see that it's limiting them. They don't even see that the freedom that I have, knowing hell doesn't exist, is something that they could experience as well, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's sad, but it, it is what it is, you know, and it's, and, and I'm here in the, in the Bible Belt, so I'm in Tennessee now, so a lot of, a lot Texas. of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get so it. it, yeah, so it, it's, it's here too, and, um, you know, it's, we're going to have, a, we got our work cut out for us, but, I don't think it's it's impossible, but it's it's a hole to get out of. You know, uh, something that I've realized recently is, um, and it pertained to um, conspiracy theories, and I'd like to kind of talk to you about this as well. But I, I got to the point to where, if you if you follow the logic, and this is just the idea of it, that if we're all God experiencing itself subjectively, or as Bill Hicks said, it's just a ride, right? Then the logic follows that nothing is separate. And I love we had, we had talked about that separatism is an illusion. Um, and then, so if nothing's separate, we're all one, experiencing itself subjectively, people are just out here having the experiences they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, the, the part I think that a lot of people come have the biggest issue with is the fact that there's no cosmic justice, because you wouldn't punish yourself because you're everything. And right. that, that's an issue for a lot of people. They want to feel, and I know that vengeance and... um you know, revenge and avenging people and stuff like that, that's a, that's a human quality that we put onto God. And that's a human thing that has been written into the books. And you can tell that that's not, like, I don't feel like that. I, I don't, you know, spite people. And I, I like that old saying that um, having a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's like, it's not up to you, man. And the, the point that I came at and the point I'm trying to make with this was is that when, when conspiracy theories in particular, because I've been looking into those for years, uh, I got to this realization, especially with the one that we're currently balls deep in right now, um, the, that I, I did go through that. I got to the, I got to wake everybody up. I got to tell them their true power, what kind of spiritual beings they are. And it got to a point, man, where it was, it was fucking with me, man. It was fucking with my disposition and really uh, lowering my vibration to a level that I don't like. I don't resonate in that frequency. I resonate higher than that, not better than just on a different station, right? Nobody's better than anybody else. Um, but it, it came to that point to where it was really, really frustrating. And so I had a release moment. I had a, dude, just let it go, man. You know, uh, there's a, a guy named Gordon White who was on the Higher Side Chats uh, podcast, and he said, you're your reaction to the crisis is part of the crisis, right? They, they plan on people, a certain sect of the population, believing everything that they say, and that happens. Then they plan on guys like me and you losing their damn minds and going, no, 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 I got to wake everybody up. Look at this video. Look, this is what's going on. I mean, you can see it right here with your own eyes. Those people don't want to be woken up. And the same with spirituality, though. I think that I've, I've personally come to the point where you just live your best life. You, you tend the garden you got. When people ask why do you say every day above ground is a great day? Because I really mean it. 
Aren't you, you know, scared that what you believe in is going to send you to some awful place? No, I'm not. I think that heaven and hell are created right here on earth. And you can choose to do that, and, and that can happen in a moment. And it's a frequency that you vibrate with. So if that's the case, and that logic follows, then the responsibility and earnest on us, let's say, to wake people up, the way that I feel that we do that is just live your best life, man. Just always be great to everybody. You know, and at the end of every show, I always say, like, pick up a piece of litter, Buy somebody a, a meal. Um, get out of the left-hand lane. That's a big one. Um, and then just just be good to each other, right? That's it. Just be good to each other and tend the garden you got. And once you get to that point, I think that that is being very spiritually enlightened. Plus, it doesn't allow you to vibrate at a lower frequency and taint your vibe because of somebody else's inability to wake themselves up. Or honestly, I'll say. They, have, they don't have the desire to. They just don't. They're happy with what they've got. And then as us all being God, experiencing God itself and choosing different things, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It can appear uh, damaging or it can appear um, dreadful. But I would say that at the point that I've just, and it's a real recent thing, so I'm still kind of grappling with um, how to articulate it, but it's a pretty damn freeing thing that I've that I've come to. So what what was the point to where in conspiracy theory wise that you were just like after 9/11 what what did what was on your radar there? I know that that one is a big one and that's a that's a tricky one to talk about, but um we can if you'd like. And then as well, I'm just curious to see what what happened with you after that. What was the next one and where did your mind go after you felt the way that you did about that? Yeah, so so for me, you know, building 7 was and still is the, the the smoking gun to me and um and when and it's tough to to have the conversation because it's difficult for people to imagine that there are people that would actually want to do that you know and and have the ability to do that and um so when i saw that that was definitely possible and these people are out here and, and potentially still out here and, and who knows what else they're doing it could be involved in what we got going on here now um and and i saw the reaction of people you know you got architects and engineers from 9 11 truth they just did a, a study i was talking about um, not too long ago with a friend of mine um with the university of alaska fairbanks um they did a study where so they have um a university back in them where they actually did uh, scientific models showing that, and they concluded that that building, building seven, didn't fall from small pockets of fire. So they simulated what it would be like if there was small pockets of fire, the actual simulation. So, and they concluded that, um, but you probably won't hear that on the news or anything like that. But part of that kind of let me know that you can have all the the logic and reasoning, and and you can only get so far. Just like when you mentioned like waking someone up, like. I thought that my family, you know, me being the guy that graduated from college, the the smart one in the family and all of that, you know, when I had my experience, I wanted to share it with them, but they didn't want to hear anything like that actually ostracized me. And just like you, I had to come with, come to grips with that. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's sad that you have to separate yourself or, uh, you know, but it is what it is as far as if you want to, to value your own vibration and your own, your own, uh, your own environment, really, and and not let anything bring you down, especially, and it's their own choice. You know, it, that's what I realized too. Like, you can't, I can't wake anyone up. It's something that they have to do themselves. So all you can really do, like you say, is just be an example of that and and, and show that. But um, 
So the same logic I apply to the conspiracy theories. And when I, I, I never wanted to be the one to talk about those things specifically, even though I do mention them, but that, that's why I focused on the, the spiritual aspect of it. Because as I went down the line and say, okay, well, you got uh, you got 9-11, for instance. And then I looked at the the health, you know, the, the health, um, the health industry, the medical industry, all of those things. So all of these things that are not conducive to, to health, wellness, uh, higher consciousness, and all of these things. So the thing that I wanted to focus on was the personal responsibility. What what can we do as individuals to help ourselves in this and and really take the blinders off so we can make smarter decisions in this reality with all of these inputs that are not necessarily for our best interest. And um, that's why I kind of focused on the spiritual aspect, aspect, because that's something that, again, we can all experience ourselves. And you don't need any guru or anybody else to, to allow you to have that experience. But in doing that, I still had to come to grips with only being able to take it so far. You know, I can speak about truth, logic, and, and possibility only to a certain point, but it's just like um, uh, one example I would use is uh, eat your own mango. Like I can write a book or a volume of books on how a mango tastes, but until you bite one yourself, you will never know, you know, and you can read all of the books about how a mango would taste, but you have no awareness or no experience of it until you actually taste it yourself. And I can't force it into anybody's mouth. But that's kind of the path that I took to, to this point. And um, I don't really touch on conspiracies too, too much. And I've purposely tried to stay away from them because I saw how they were using those type of topics to take people away from social media and posts and all of that stuff. And I wanted what I was doing to, to have some longevity. So I just tried to, to walk that fine line and not really touch on too many hot buttons because that's an easy target for them to take you off and take all of your content out. And I just wanted what I wanted to talk about being a, what I thought was the key to be able to last for a while and hopefully be there and be a time capsule for the time that people do want to and question or, or, or see a little bit more. And my whole intent was just to help someone along their journey and kind of help them out with the things that I bumped my head on or the things that, that I had to learn through. So it, it maybe can help them out just like as other people helped me out, you know? So just wanted to kind of pass that along and, and leave, that, leave that there as part of the record as I do decide to maybe one day be quiet as well and just go off and do something else. At least I can, at, at the, the juncture while I'm talking, I'm recording it as well. So then when I do shut up, it's still there. Yeah. I, I love that, man. I think you've taken a great perspective with it. And I agree with you. I don't, I don't do the hot button things anymore. I'll talk about the Mandela effect, uh, project blue beam. If you want to talk about the earth being hollow, you know, that's great, but as well, <clears throat> excuse me again, it's real, um, allergy e here in texas right now so uh again though i'm i'm with you i i really do think that the path that you've chosen and what you've chosen to focus on is absolutely right there and i've i've kind of come to that conclusion with you damn near at the same time probably but i think that being there and being <clears throat> something motivating rather than something where they're pointing out and I, but i think that has value too so you've got you know podcasts and videos and things like that of people that do that would be a great resource for folks to go to if they really want to learn the truth. That stuff's still out there. I agree with it. And God bless them for for taking that on because it's a heavy responsibility. Because you do, you 
it drives you nuts. I mean, and it gets you to this point to where, of course, there's fucked up shit going on. Of course, 9-11 isn't what they told you it was, especially Building 7. They reported it 30 minutes earlier in the UK bef- with it in the background before it even happened. Mm-hmm. So it's orchestrated. And, and But once you realize that, you can realize that even realizing that lowers you to that frequency that they want you operating in, that frequency of fear. Now, you might not be afraid of the terrorists or whatever, but you're afraid of your own government that can do that. And you're afraid that other people are falling for it. And therefore, a bunch of control systems will be implemented, which they did. But, you know, it it is like you said, and I, I think you're absolutely right about the way that you approach things, the way that on social media, especially until spiritualism becomes, you know, an issue. Uh, let's keep moving forward here, man. I love I love your approach. Yeah. And, and what you said, I just want to piggyback on that, too, is I didn't want to participate in the propagation of the fear because, um, you know, I, I post videos on TikTok and and, and I'm playing with the, the algorithm just to kind of see which ones get more views and all of that stuff. And the ones where um, and it's not even um, propagating the fear, but really just outlining the, the current situation like uh, like in, in in my job, I do you know what they call lean or six sigma problem solving methodology. A lot of businesses use it, and one of the first things you do is you clearly define the problem. You know they define they call it defining the current situation. So you really try to detail as much as you can what the problem is, and then that helps you define a solution. So I did a video about defining the current situation, and some thought. Some of the comments were that, you know, it was like, you know, propagating fear, you know, but it's not propagating fear. It's really just defining this is this is what's going on, you know. But um, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I didn't want to participate in in and being part of that. I wanted to more be I wanted to be more involved with the solutions and what can we do to to get out of this predicament? Yes, absolutely. And some for some people's solution, that's where they need to go. And but for me and you, that's we're not a resource for that. Like I can talk about it if you'd like me to, but I I don't want to focus on that. I've really and it's funny too because the last like damn I think five or six shows have been all spiritually based, higher consciousness based, and it's been amazing. Like they they've been some of my favorite shows. I and but there like I said, there is a resource for that out there. You guys go nuts and go find that. But if you want to be hope and part of the solution, check Victor Bang out. He's great. Uh, and to that point, I'm going to link everything in the bottom of your show of the show notes down here, so people can just click right on and go find you. Um, so let me ask you this though: so what is your favorite part about the realization that the with the spiritual beliefs that you've got? So it's to me coming up thinking that we were created as as sinners, that um, we were uh, that that you had to do something to to get God's love that God was jealous, all of these, these human traits that, that we put on, on this, this loving force that's out there. Um, it's, it's freeing to know that there's no judgment that's going to be waiting on you. It's freeing to know that, um, you don't die. Your, your spirit doesn't die. You, you just, you know, your, your, your vehicle, your body is just energy and that changes form, but the consciousness, um, animating this doesn't die. So, those type of things to, to actually realize that and know that it, it you look at life differently. It gives you a different perspective on life. It, it opens things up. Um, part of the the thing that I used to get frustrated with because it was so freeing and so good. I wanted other people that I love to experience it too, and and you know, and it, I just couldn't get them to do it. And 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 that's the that's the bittersweet part of it because I can be in the same room with people that don't have the same 
the same realization, you know, and they're afraid of all of these imaginary things that are holding them down. They don't even they don't even really see it and they don't really see the beauty that's in front of them and, and the beauty that they have in themselves. But um, that was the most amazing thing is to really to really understand that for myself. And it's different when you hear other people talk about it. But when you have your own experience of it and you really see that it's true, then it, it opens up it opens up everything. Yeah. Okay, then what is the challenge, most challenging part about spirituality to you? This this reality is it's it's balance for, for me and, and I, I try to walk that line because in my day to day, like I, I rarely am able to have these conversations. So I, I enjoy being able to talk about this. this I got free. you. You welcome anytime. Come on. Cause you know, my my day to day, um it's it's pretty ro- ro- robotic, you know, it's 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 just the it's just the everyday stuff and and there's no there's no growth and um part of the thing that kind of gets me is i'm not a person that likes um untapped potential you know if something can be at a certain level i try to bring it to that level at least the the best that i can um and within myself you know that's kind of what drives me if there's something i can do or something i can be better then i try to do that as well to the best of my ability and also in this reality when i look at the world and and with with the world all of these rules are, are man-made rules so when you have everything given to you and this is how we choose to divide it and how we choose to 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 govern ourselves when there's a million other better ways that we can do it um you know, it, it's it's something that I understand the the intent of it. I understand the the dynamics of it and how it's based on each person's individual journey. And there, there's the collective as well. But then I see the potential, and it's just like the one thing that I've always had to tell myself is is patience as well. And um, a lot of people, whether I know it or whether I see it or not, are really doing the best that they can with their level of awareness. And you just got to be you got to be patient with them as well. You know, sometimes they're doing the best they can, even though they can do better, but that's just, that's just the limit that they are now, you know, in their own mind, they're still limited in themselves, but that's the best they can do at this point. That's it, man. Um, you know, and I figured out a while back that, uh, and I, I can tell you this right now, your goal is the same as mine. We are here to give people back to themselves. And mm-hmm. that has been a massive part of, um, why I started this show, why I talk to people the way that I do on a daily basis, because I'm like you. you. You said it perfectly, and it's funny, too, because I've actually mentioned it on shows that haven't come out yet, uh, exactly what you just said. Uh, that I, it, it does feel like um, that it's challenging to have these conversations, but now we've got this. And what I like about this and, and how we found each other, man, is that I follow the synchronicities, man. And how we found each other was a, a post of yours popped up on Instagram. Now, the interesting thing about me saying that I find people on Instagram, I'm not on it that much. I do a little bit of posting in the morning to kind of stay current and whatever and to throw some love out to everybody uh, and then announce new guests and new shows that are coming out. But uh, I don't sit there and obsess over it and scroll, 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 scroll. So the fact that I find anybody on there new and interesting to talk to is pretty cool. Uh, and so I just liked your liked your shit man I, I checked you out I messaged you we talked on the phone and now here we are and I I like this process and I think that that these conversations find a way to have themselves with people no matter what the distance is because we don't have to really worry about that anymore you and I are sitting here having a great conversation and now you're not alone now you're not you don't feel stuck in a place where you can't you know communicate these ideas to anybody 
like I said, brother, you got my number, man. Call me anytime. You can just call me up, say what's up. So, like I said, I will be linking in your show notes to How I Found You, which is your Instagram, uh, as well as your TikTok. I didn't know that you were on that. I just, the wife finally convinced me to get on it. And so I did. And it's pretty cool. Like you said, the algorithms, it's interesting. I found some really interesting manifestation hacks on there. Uh, and we could talk about that a little bit if you're into that. Um, but I, I think that what's interesting uh, as well about your perspective is you say a lot of things that I've thought but haven't said about like the uh, untapped potential. I think that that's brilliant. And it's the stuff that you were saying as you were saying it that I'm like, yeah, that I've actually changed mine now. That is mine. And this is what these kind of conversations do. They allow us to swap ideas. They allow us to gain clarity because that's what it's all about, right? Clarity over agreement. I just want to be clear with you. We don't have to agree. And I still love you either way. Right. So, but like you, I, I don't get to have these conversations with my parents. Uh, they definitely aren't into this shit. Uh, but it is nice uh, to find, and I've been calling it lately a soul tribe. We're like a soul tribe that find each other. And then we're just these little beacons of our ideas out there, and then we can connect and then kind of assimilate and spread those out. So uh, what in your mind is the fuck going on here? Like, what are we doing here? What's going on? What's it all about, man? It, it's it's the, for a it's softball. The, I just lobbed up a softball question for you. Just tell me uh, the whole reason, you know, uh, for life. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Well, to to me, it's the it's the it's the what if game. It's the um, so we're we're all the same thing, experiencing its own creation, and um, we've chosen to do it this way without knowledge of it and com coming through what you know you can call the veil of forgiveness, so that we would not know that coming off, yeah, we can grow into that awareness, but to really see what, what we would do. And um, in our family, there's a, a saying of what you're gonna do. And I even did a little short, short skit about that, but it's supposed to be funny because they all would, you know, it would be one weekend where they're gonna go out to eat. And the question is, well, where are we gonna eat? And there would be all of this discussions about this stuff and all of this you know, all of these different um, conversations about what the one place is we're going to eat. And everybody had their own different opinions and all that stuff, but it boils down to what you're going to do. And that was a saying that we had in our family. But I think that's what this is. It's 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 a rod of, um, of free will that it does, but it doesn't have to be like this, though. And, 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 that, and that's the, the balance of it. It's because we can do anything that we want to in here. But the fact that we choose to do it this particular way is the part that is unsettling to me, especially when there's a million other ways to do it. But from my perspective, it, it, it's really, it's like, um, uh, I, I looked at it this way as well. Um, we've separated ourselves so we can interact with ourselves. Now, the way we interact with ourselves is, is up to us. And we've done that unknowingly. So we, so we would have the experience of meeting each other for the first time, even though on a level we already know each other and have been, you know, known each other. So it's to really have that, to have that surprise, if you will, you know, because when you're one with everything, you can't be surprised. You can't hug yourself. You can't introduce yourself to yourself, you know, but in this experience, you get to experience all of that as if it's a new thing. Um, I just don't like that we get stuck in this particular mode of it, but, um, I think that's the that's the basics of it. You know, I really don't try to look into to too much more because um, then you get into the, the speculation of it as far as what is what is the purpose and what is the meaning, because that's subjective. You know, you give the purpose and meaning to it. 
but the experience is 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 the the part of it, you know, for us to experience ourselves. Completely agree. And you are welcome to speculate widely on this show. I just had a guy who wrote a book about uh, that UFOs are future humans coming back in time machines. I love this shit. We can talk about all kinds of cool stuff, man. So I, I love your perspective on it, and it's very warm. It's very comforting because this is this is it, man, and you're a great ambassador for this. You're not, and God bless Alex Jones, but you're not screaming that frogs are, it's turning the frogs gay and stuff. It, it you You're very comfortable with the idea, and it comes across, which is very refreshing, man. It's awesome, and I just love that we met, brother. You're, like I said, Soul Tribe. You're in it. I knew it the second we talked. Um, so, and I agree with you now the, what, what I think is interesting too, is, is it going with the model that we are all God experiencing itself subjectively to know itself. Right. And I want to subscribe to that as well. I've got ideas, not beliefs, ideas are easier to change. But if I had to pick one, that would be the model that I would go with because even then it's the act of pure love, which is what God operates on. Not conditional, not, well, you know, you wore that dress on this day or you don't eat you know, something. Uh, it, it's not this limiting ideology, which I I think that's part of the experience. And so a couple of points I wanted to make on here was, was if, if we are that, if it is God experiencing itself subjectively and there's an infinite number of realities, an infinite number of possibilities, the good news and maybe a really comfortable one is there's a version of you out there that's living one of those million other ways and actually all of those million other ways to do it. Now, the other comforting part is if that's the case and you can follow that out, then you chose to be here, right? And you know that because you are here. So what's going on right now? And with the feeling, not of frustration, just maybe about bewilderment that we've chosen that this is the world that we want to live in, that's the feeling that you wanted to have. And you wanted to have the interaction of things kind of being you know, pretty dicked up around here and then following that to where it goes. Now, the other, the other part to that would be that... Uh, what do you think about the simulation theory? Because it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a God, and it may explain some of the crazy, weird shit that goes on. That that basically it's just a big game, or you know, you're like that you are an alien or something playing a video game. You put a headset on, and then the reality that we're all living right now is what's being played, not necessarily what's true. Yeah. So, so my thoughts on simulation. So, um. I've my current belief or current thoughts on this reality is that it's a holographic reality now. And you can say it's a simulation as well, that, that it works both ways. Um, I don't subscribe to this being on a hard drive somewhere or that, you know, it's actually a, um, a computer program or, or anything like that. I think that it's a it's a holographic reality where what you said could definitely be possible. You know, we can be remote control in these, these beings here. And, uh, and I want to go back on something you mentioned as well with the, the parallel realities. I, I, I subscribe to that, that as well. Um, in an infinite multiverse, there's multiple versions of you living out their lives and different things. And, um, and I've experimented with gaining information from those other versions of yourself and, okay. and getting insight from them as well. And, um, and, you know, intuition and that, you know, synchronicity, and, and that could even go to uh, to deja vu as well, you know, playing with the, the multiple reality deal. But I think part of the reason why we're we're in this one or why, you know, yeah, we exist in all of them, but our, our, our consciousness is focused in this one now is because I think this one is one of the, the major nodes that affects the other ones. Um, 
whether whether it's a and we can go into the time travel deal whether sure. this the this is the reality where we have the opportunity to correct the mistakes that maybe another reality did with artificial intelligence and all of these things so we had to come back to a time before the singularity or before it got out of hand where we can maybe correct some things um that's that's to to be um, to be determined but I, I do think that this reality um is worth our attention as the beings that we are so we're not here on accident and i think the work that we're doing even though um, this is something I, I realized recently, you know, because I'm one of the ones that I, I want to see it. I want to, you know, I, I want to see the effects of it now. I want to see the fruit now. But then I started to think about the butterfly effect. And and we don't know what this conversation or what your life and my life can do. Uh, we may not be able to see it on one level, but just like the butterfly effect, the butterfly on this side creates the, you know, the storm on the other side. So maybe just these our intent and our will is creating something different and, and changing it, even if it isn't in this one, maybe it's changing it in another one, you know, and maybe when we leave this one, we get to experience the fruit of the labor that we're doing here now. So I kind of play with those ideas as well. Hell yeah. I, I love that, man. Because yes, then it goes really, really, really deep, right? Because if you were to leave, like, let's say when you walk out of your house in the morning and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do my thing. And then you go, oh shit, I forgot my wallet. And you turn back around and you go get your wallet. Well, there's an infinite number of things that are why you did that. Maybe you did that to avoid a, a horrible wreck or maybe your timing on that was helping somebody else on a manifestation that they were working on, which helps somebody else, which helps something else. Even that act, and it seems inconsequential, but I don't think any of it's inconsequential. I think all of it has a purpose. All of it has, even the shittiest things here on the planet, the things that we really wish didn't exist, then those are those are the types of things that really kind of motivate you to be better. It's because we do live in a dualistic reality, right? Whatever this is, it's dualistic in nature. You've got to know hot to know cold, dark to know light, you know, the yin-yang. You've, you've got this kind of paradox or this dichotomy existing in the same place at the same time. And that, but it's also part of the game. It's part of the ride, you know? It's part of realizing that there's beauty in the differences and that, the, that it doesn't have to be something that's, that people hate on each other for or... Like, you know, like I'll crap on my friends for liking a certain thing. I've got a buddy of mine who loves Metallica's Load album. And I call him a doofus every time we talk about it. I'm like, come on, dude, you, you have a shit taste in music. And I don't mind Load. It's just a way to kind of pick on him. And he knows that. And we have a good time with it. But it, it seems like that all of it's necessary and all of it has purpose and all of it. And so, therefore, it's it's almost a comforting element to it where you can sit back and you can say, yeah, that... That happened, and I, I didn't maybe choose that consciously to happen, but I know that for some reason, rather it, it's seen by you or not, for some reason that happened, and it, it was meant to happen. And, and to the time part of it, it's, I like the concept that time is like, I, I heard the comparison that they're like stacked like records, right? And so time, each moment in time is existing at some level all the time, right? So time's only linear from our perspective because it's built into the mechanism for us to have the experience that we're having. And so I love it. So what what are your thoughts on time travel? Do you think us as human beings will ever be able to achieve it technologically? Because you've got an engineering background. What do you think? From a So from a technological standpoint, I, I, I definitely think it's possible. I think, um, I think we're, we're, we're time travelers consciously now. Um, especially when you when you talk about your consciousness being outside of time, like one of the the TikTok videos I put on was I posed a question 
did your consciousness age? You know, um, your consciousness watched you take your first step, you know, as a baby and go through puberty, adolescence, whatever, until the point now. So your consciousness experienced age, you know, your consciousness gained experience, but did your consciousness age? Damn. You know, so your consciousness didn't age, you know, your con- the same consciousness looking out of these eyes now is the same ones that couldn't talk as a baby, you know, years and years ago, didn't age one day, one bit, you know, it experienced age. Yeah. It gained knowledge and awareness. I mean, um, all of that stuff. But so, so we're, you know, I believe in conscious time travel now, I think that's part of what, what we're doing now. Um, but physical time travel, yeah, yeah, and, and that and that would be cool. That would be cool. I I would love to um, to go back and actually see some of the actual events that happened and really see how that compares to what we were told. You know, especially with the way history is, is jumbled up now. But to actually see in 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 these these characters, like one of the ones that would be cool is Jesus. Like um, to actually see, because I, I don't put Jesus on a pedestal. If if he did exist, he was just a regular guy. You know, um, you can even look at some of the background and his teachings being in the scene, and even um, potentially coming up um, with some of the teachings from the Egyptian mystery schools. That's where the whole man know thyself, all of that stuff. So, so these are just regular people, just like Buddha. You know, I did a video on Buddha. He was just a regular person, not a god, just a regular person. You know, who, who just awakened. So, so these are just regular people, and we tend to deify them because, um, for one, we don't. It, it has to do with our own self-esteem, not thinking that we're good enough and all that stuff. And then there's a control aspect as well because if I get you to, if I become the spokesperson for this guy, then I can control you here. But uh, when you really look at these people, they were just regular people. So it'll be cool to kind of kind of see them, and uh, and really see the environment that they were going in because some of the same stuff's happening now. I mean, you look at. Jesus' story. He was a guy that was uh, going against the state in a corrupt religion. And you got the people now that say they love Jesus, but are definitely in, in the same religion or worshiping uh, idols and all of this stuff that they were doing back then. So they're kind of repeating the same thing. If Jesus came back here today, he'd probably be treated the same way that they treated him then, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, from a from a technical standpoint, yeah, I, I, I do think time travel is is possible, and I wouldn't be surprised if if they're here now. I mean, it seems like this time is is a node for a lot of different things. I think with the UFO activity, with the awakening that's going on here, there's a lot of things that are going on in this reality, and it's just like just just a pressure cooker of all these things. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're here now. I love it, and I'm ag- I'm agreeing with you now. What about a far out concept to where? I agree with you that the consciousness doesn't age and that that's what's viewing us kind of like a, like it's watching a movie of itself enjoying itself right uh if sticking with that idea what if there's a marry between technolo- technology and the blending of or tapping into source energy and our consciousness maybe that's how we do it you know it's almost like a teleportation of sense where you don't physically go anywhere right because that's that's pretty daunting from a from a perspective now technologically but what if your consciousness is able to shift into other realities or other times or you in the past or something like that more of a science fiction type of an idea but i would say theoretically if you're able to tap into that pure source energy from this perspective then that wouldn't be that um big of a stretch right yeah no not at all i actually think part of the mandela effect is is us doing that on a collective level i think we're as you know this this reality is fluid and there's individual nodes on the screen and 
when, once, once enough pixels on the screen change, then the, the screen changes. So as that screen changes, something that was on this particular screen is different on this screen. And we call it a Mandela effect because enough of us have changed our nose from off to on to, to switch the whole screen. So I think as a collective, we're, we're kind of cycling through these things. And maybe, maybe it's like a game of Plinko where we're just trying to try to get down to the, to the, the, the one main one. Oh yeah. But I can see that, though. Do you want to hear a fun one about the Mandela effect that I heard recently? Uh, it's that uh, when man when when CERN right. So are you? So the core of it goes that uh, CERN. You know when that kicked on the Large Hadron Collider, right? And it smashed two particles, caused a, and then we all died, right? Or well, are we shifted into a new dimension? But the one that I heard recently that I thought was a pretty fun thought experiment was that we all died, and that we're all dead here, and that we keep continuously co-collecting co-collectively creating our reality uh, because we don't know that we're dead, right? Kind of like a shitload of ghosts out here just walking around, causing trouble, still kind of just eating mangoes, hanging out, you know, and uh, having these cool conversations because there's there's no awareness, right? I, I think it's a fun one, but it, there's a lot of flaws in it, especially with the way that we believe things, that we wouldn't let ourselves do that, right? Uh, we wouldn't let ourselves be that ignorant in death, you know, because that is just a return from probably your perspective as well to source energy or whatever. Uh, so what if, though, that when we die, we don't immediately go back to source? What if this is just a level of experience and it's like a video. I'm going to just say video game because it's a real reductive way for us to kind of communicate about it. But what if whenever we die, we just go to the next level of a game to where that's another level. And then that person believes, you know, is now surrounded by a world of possibilities and all kinds of stuff and maybe levels up. Now you're in a different body. Maybe you're like a light being or like an octopus or something like that. And that's what reincarnation is. It's not necessarily coming back here to uh, experience things in this plane, it could be, and that could be part of the possibilities, but it may be that you just keep leveling up or you just keep shifting levels, not necessarily that there's a... I don't like putting hierarchy to these kinds of things because it's just experiential, right? And so whenever you say up or down, people want to associate that with good or bad or whatever, and I don't I don't ever mean that. So I want to just be clear on that point. So these are the kind of things that are fun to talk about, man. I love shit like this. This is great. Yeah, it, so I was listening to a um, a book by uh, Michael Newton and uh, Journey of the Souls, and what he did was have, have you heard of him? I have not, but I love just from the title, I love it already. I'm gonna check this out. Yeah, so so he's a uh, hypnotherapist that um, compiled a lot of data from uh, regressions that he did on a lot of his patients. And uh, he kind of stumbled onto it just by doing his traditional practice and ended up regressing someone to a life between lives. And um, he's got a couple books where he's talking about um, basically what happens after you die. And it, it's pretty, pretty wild stuff. It, it seems to be a whole, um, the movie, uh, the animated movie uh, Soul. I don't know if you saw that, the one Disney just came out with, not Damn just it. came out with. They're going to be so pissed off. I, I was told this a long time ago and I was like, I haven't made time for it. And I still haven't made time for it, but there's somebody out that I know very well that's going to be screaming at the radio or at YouTube from watching this video saying, I told you to watch that damn thing. So what what about that is is interesting because I haven't seen it. And you're welcome to throw some spoilers out if you want. No, I won't spoil it for you, but it, it, it had a lot of correlations. I don't know if they study his work or anything, but um, it is, is to me, it's not a not a children's story, even though they kind of moderately kind of market it that way. It's uh, it's a little little higher brow uh, than, a, than a child would comprehend. But um you know, in there they have multi-dimensional beings. 
They have souls that are incarnated. There was one soul as part of the story that didn't want to incarnate as a human because, you know, I, I can't give you the exact reasons. But um, a lot of the, the plane that they were living on kind of mimics some of the stuff that um, Michael Newton was talking about in his book. So there were some correlations there. But um, he was describing um, interactive screens in the, in the other plane to where you can look at your future lives and past lives and where um, like a screen where you can actually interact with your, with your future life. And it was, it was some wild stuff. And he was compiling this from a lot of different people's um, uh, testimonies. So it just wasn't one person. So he was compiling them all, but it, it's interesting to, to, to think about the layer of complexity that's, uh, that's past this. And, and in, in my opinion, I think you don't necessarily have to go back to, to source and, and in his hierarchy, if you will, there, there's levels as well. There's souls that specialize in working with the, the newly created souls. There's souls that uh, deal with time. There's souls that deal with all kinds of things. And uh, even those souls would say kind of like, that's above my pay grade, you know, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. not, you know, so, so there's still growth that's going on. It's not like you just pop out of here and you're just, just there. So that, that was interesting, but I, I do think there's a layer, layer of freedom. He also mentioned souls that um, after they pass away, choose to kind of um, not linger around as ghosts, but go to maybe uh, worlds that um, are less material or um, non-physical worlds. But there's some some leeway. There's some some play that you can do in between. So um, I, I kind of subscribe to that. Like one of the things that I think that I'm experiencing, and I won't have proof of it until I'm out of here, is that um, I'm experiencing part of my soul that is basically time travel. Like I like I think synchronicity it ha has to do with that to a degree. Like one of the things I see all the time is is, is 27. That's that's a number that's appeared in my reality many times. A lot of these things on this wall, uh, this was initially was supposed to be a green screen for videos, didn't turn out right. So I just started, you know, using it to just capture stuff. And it's I great. Synchronicities and just, I thought of it almost like the, in the movies you see the, the bad guy or the cop trying to, you know, figure out and all that. So yeah, kind of that deal. Yeah, it's but, got that Charlie Day, like uh, always sunny in uh, Philadelphia, you know, and then he's in there talking about the conspiracy theories and all the stuff. Yeah. Up there. yeah. It's real citizen Kane like too. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, you know, uh, synchronicity, I, I see, I see a lot of it. And I, I think part of it for me, it's been, it's almost like a confirmation that you're on the path, right path, almost like a, a road sign, just saying, you know, you're in the right direction. And also I look at it as uh, information from your future self, you know, you know, maybe, the things that we're doing now are affecting ourselves in the future. So we're time traveling back and giving ourselves little hints so that it affects us on another level. Maybe we're creating Mandela effects for our future selves by doing what we're doing in this reality. So I kind of play with that idea as well. Damn, I love that. Yes, and I've gotten into some different manifestation techniques as well, or just being able to open my mind to the possibilities of seeing these things and not passing it up. Because if you think about it, I could have just swiped up and just kept going on to some something else and never found you, right? But I did find you. It was an acorn that dropped on my on the in on the ground in front of me as a synchronicity. I checked it out. I said, "Man, I got to follow this. I got to see where it goes." And now we're having an amazing conversation. I think you're wonderful. You would definitely come back. And I've actually got a few other podcasters that I talk to that I'm going to recommend because um, you're a great guest, man. You're just a really cool guy, but you're a great guest too. So, um, I love the synchronicity part of it. I like everything that we're talking about. I think that. 
uh, it's it's very important to have these kind of conversations. And back to the movie uh, that you were talking about, I find it pretty comforting, you know, even if it is a little bit above their head, but so is the concept of heaven and hell. Now, it, to me, and there's going to be people out here pissed off at me, but I'm fine with it. It seems like the concept of religion is pretty juvenile, and it's pretty um, easy to comprehend the way that they want you to, because there is a good and bad. There is a bad guy, good guy. You know, there's a lot of anthropomorphization of human qualities on this deity and on this story. Um, there's actually a pretty cool uh, theory about the Bible I won't talk about on air, and we can discuss it, and then maybe if you want to do a future show on it, we can. Uh, but I, I think that it's awesome that those kind of movies are now coming out, and it seems to suit the Great Awakening as we're talking about. It seems to suit this shift in consciousness. It's And maybe some little kid's going to watch that and then start questioning their religion from an earlier age. And then, you know, more and more of a generation like that that grow up reading the books that we do uh, and, you know, listening to a show like this and they can gain new ideas and not feel alone. I'd be like, damn, man, you know, there's somebody out there that can talk about this stuff. And it's very cool. I love this. Yeah. When I, when I saw that, to me, it looked like they were because it was that movie and it was um, uh, the movie they did before that where they where they were. It was another Pixar movie. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but there were voices in the in the person's head. There were different characters. And um, and it, I think that was also a, a very well done movie. Uh, but this one, it's almost like they're trying to to bypass the adults and kind of interject some ideas into the kids because there was no mention of, of hell or anything like that. They, they mentioned the great beyond, which they didn't get into anything, but there was no it had nothing to do with religion or anything like that. So um, in, in death, you know, they were they were souls. So, they, you know, the guy died, you know, in, in, the, in the movie and he was still alive. So. And uh, it was some cool concepts in there. So if a kid can pick that up and just see that being a possibility, I mean, that that's a seed that's planted, I think. Absolutely. I love that. I, lo- I like the concept of it. And I think that that's brilliant that it's out there and that we're talking about it. Uh, so let me ask you this. Um, if, if anything, what would you change about the world in which we live? Another softball. I'm just lobbing them up, man. You know, these are yeah, easy, uh, easy questions. <laughs> it's, it, it's really... I think if 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 people have the awareness, they'll they'll make better decisions. So the the thing that I want to see is if the information is out there, like um like I have no problem discussing this with with anybody. You know, we can we can get into um I wouldn't say a debate because to have a debate, you need to be able to understand both sides of the equation. So um, I can't de- debate someone who's a pure scientific you know, materials, reductionist, reductionist, reductionist um, about spirituality. You have no, you know, no experience in spirituality. So you're, you're ignorant of this, but you can, you can learn about it. I mean, we're all ignorant of something. That's how we, we learn, but you can't debate on it. So the thing is, you really don't get too many people that want to debate on those things, especially if they don't know about it. So it's easier to just dismiss them as, as, something, as something that doesn't exist, but it does. And when you also look at the possibility so let's say, and that's why I kind of want to look at possibility. Let's just say it's possible. Let's just look at it from a hypothetical standpoint. What would a world look like if this was true? You know, what would change? So this is the world we're living in now, according to your laws, and this is what it is. But if this was possible, what, what would change? And to be able to show those things and, and to kind of to show the, the steps that we can take from, from here to there. And I think if people are, 
see these conversations. Like one of the things I would like to do is, is talk to what I call them the, the, the gatekeepers. You know, I'd, I'd rather talk to, you know, I know a lot of people just follow people and they'll, they'll repeat what they're told, but I want to talk to the person that's actually, you know, that's got the microphone, you know, that's the head of the, the congregation, you know, let, let's have a conversation in front of your congregation. You know, let's 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 discuss these things. Let's discuss the possibility because it can either be right or it could be wrong. And you're really focusing on this. But what if it's what if it's wrong? You know, like I always reserve the fact that I could be wrong, you know, just just because I don't want to be closed minded to new information. You know, if you think you know it all, then that's it. You're capped right there. But um, I, one of the things I want to see and I think it'd be a worthwhile exercise is just to have these conversations um, more in the open with those people that are that are the gatekeepers that people believe everything they say you know because um, I think if people see that and then they see there's another possibility and then they they hear the argument from that side or the logic from that side or the possibility from that side then that can open some things in their eyes and their minds and then then they'll be able to make better decisions and I think that's really what it's going to boil down to it's not about one person dictating you should do XYZ is giving the persons the tool, giving the people the tools to make better decisions themselves. Cause that's the lasting thing, you know, it's the whole um, teach a person how to fish versus giving them a fish. You know, so that's that's the exercise that that I'm part of the Truman show is really trying to 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 start that, to to really kickstart that. And um I think we could if if we get enough people to to make enough noise then they're going to have to address it. You know, if you got 10,000 people saying, hey, you know, as a united voice, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and this, 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 and that, and the other, then for the person that says they're not, they're going to have to, they're going to have to address that. And then when they, when the people that are seeing this conversation and they, they hear and see that, wait a minute, these guys make a whole lot of sense. And there's a white guy, black guy, Chinese guy, Indian guy, they're all from different places and have came to this same conclusion. And a lot of them have came from this belief system. And these are the things that they learn, you know, and and, and you're, you're going to see it's not anything that we'll have to do. You're going to see that person um, really try to hold on. You're going to see them actually trying to hold on to that belief system and not really want to grow themselves. And and that's going to I think that's going to be seen. So I think the the awareness of the conversation and, and really getting it out is going to be the it's going to be the, the key. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I do think that those kind of conversations are important because even their own conversation, uh, congregation with these folks, they're, they're in an echo chamber of just reinforcing the same ideas constantly. Nobody goes, nobody just raises their hand and goes, well, what if hell didn't exist? Or why would God do that? And if God was all knowing, all loving, all seeing, but he can also see through time and future and everything, number one, why would he create hell? Because he knew we'd be sinners. And some mm -hmm. belief systems were born bad, and we have to prove that we're good under no pretenses of our own. And again, it's all got to do with luck. It's just, well, shit luck, kid. You know, that's God's plan. We don't understand God's plan because we're just dum-dums. But the other part about it, too, is that if if it is the way, and if, if that is the case, these kind of ideas, and I think God would love to hear these discussions, and I think he does love these, he or she or whatever it is, loves to have these discussions. The problem that you run into is a lot of people just want to be told what to do. Like you said at the beginning, man, it's it's hard, you know, and it it's not even not even that it's hard. It just it puts the responsibility on you to ask the right questions. That's that's the most challenging thing because I've I've talked to a few folks, man, and I don't 
I'm not shitting on anybody's religion, man. If that's what you want, I, from my belief system, we all go back to source. So believe whatever the fuck you want. You know, flying spaghetti monster. Okay, cool. Just don't quit stoning people for stuff. You know, quit hanging people for believing something different or looking different than you. It's like the fuck are we doing here? And right. I, I think from a from that perspective though, and and from the perspective you take, because I think that people have had these debates with different religious ideologies, and the challenge that you run into is the defensiveness and de- feeling like they need to defend their idea or their belief system. The real big problem with any belief system really is cognitive dissonance because it won't allow you to look at new information and change your viewpoint on it. That's why, like uh, Chris Rock in the movie Dogma, have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Okay, the Kevin Smith movie, and like Chris Rock says in there, I have ideas, not beliefs, because ideas are easier to change. And and they are, and that seems like a good, That's that's where you are, man. I could be proven wrong tomorrow and okay let's let's take a look at it I, yeah it's the tit for tat stuff and it's the i'm right and you're wrong and i think it's more of just a divide and conquer tactic to be honest with you i think that it's number one a control mechanism number two a way of saying well you need to be upset at those people over there because they believe differently than you and there are just so many flaws in the in the idea but but again if if it brings some communities together now the problem is the communities come together over an idea that's not even false but sometimes dangerous you know so that's the big issue and people won't look at the fact that it divides everybody and they don't even care most of the time it's this well my team is this and your team is that and we're better and you're worse and and it projects all this i'm just saying nonsense on it man it just seems nonsensical and it seems like a waste of time to be honest with you i think that we could be doing a lot more cool shit uh with our reality and creating some of these things that we would both like to see on this place i think it it's a big distraction from from ultimate goals, and I think that there may be a conspiratorial reason behind it, or maybe those people just don't know any better, you know? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people, too, they identify with their beliefs. They, they feel that um, when you um, are questioning their religion or their beliefs, that you're questioning them, you know, like they're, they, are their, they are their beliefs. Uh, there's family members that I know that, that are like that, that won't even entertain the being wrong, you know, from, from other reasons of, of pride as well, which but is they a sin. With their beliefs, you know? <laughs> which ironically and, is a sin, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and just like you say, the, 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 the division part of it is, is really what's, what's really hurting us because, um, you know, I, I look at the whole competition versus cooperation, you know, the world we've built up to this point is based on competition. But everything that 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 we that we see that's um, thriving pretty much is more cooperation. I mean, just look at our, our uh, I look at our bodies, for example. What if your your body was in competition, your right hand versus your left hand, you know, right wing versus the left wing. The bird doesn't fly, you know, same bird. The whole pol- politic, uh, the whole political system. But your body is an example of cooperation. You're. Your eyes are never going to taste. Your tongue's never going to see. But they all do their part for the whole, and it and it works out, and we can have this experience. So yes, and that's actually thank you for bringing that up because that is a video that I saw that you did that I loved. I showed my wife, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" Uh, so yes, that was um, a video you did on cooperation, uh, and I love that. I think that that is so cool. Again, guys, go check out his Instagram. This dude is awesome. Um, 
Well, my friend, uh, I just had a couple more fun little questions for you here, and then we'll we'll probably wrap this session up. But I definitely want to have you back on if you'll have me. Um, this was a Ooh. lot of fun, man. You were just enjoyed, yeah. incredibly intelligent. You've got just such great insight, and a, and a, you're a sweetheart to boot, man. You got a big heart, and I I love that. I think you're a great. If we if we had to have representatives for the movement, you're definitely living proof that this is a damn good way to go. You know, it's a damn comforting thing to exist in. So, um. Let's do a fun one, man. Uh, genie bottle ro- washes up on shore. Three wishes. Can't wish for more wishes. That's cheating. What do you got? Three wishes. Any uh, damn thing you want. Mm. So these are my, my, my wishes? <laughs> Your wishes, my friend. You found the genie bottle. You're, you get three wishes. Go for it. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, can't wish for more wishes. Uh I, I probably I probably want to freeze time. That would that would be a good wish. Okay. For, for how long? Well, if you can freeze it, then then oh, anytime. Yeah. Like freeze time you know, anytime you want it. Have yeah, that ability for as long as you're alive. Yeah. Just Ooh. to be be able to freeze time. I've never heard um, that before. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a cool. One. Um. So there, there's not much that that I would want um physically but if i had a wish i i would i would probably ask for a lot of money and the reason why is because one of the things that that i like to experiment with is what a we have billionaires in this world now and and they've given us examples of uh what they do they pretty much just just hold money so i would like to see what an example of a billionaire um that spends more money than than he hoards or she hoards. And and I have the idea that you would actually make more money by investing that in people and um and helping them fulfill their dreams and all of this stuff. And you know, you can profit off that and you'd have so much money it wouldn't even it wouldn't even matter. Like to me that it would get to the point to where money would be useless for all of us because we're all doing the things that we love and enjoy. But it just takes getting to that point. So, um, that's a great answer, man. That's a great answer. You're investing in people. You invest in the community. Yeah. Damn. That's a good answer. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I want you to have a lot of money too, buddy, just for whatever the hell you want. You know, if you want a Lamborghini dope pair of sneaks, go for it. I just want you to have anything you want. Cause I think you're, you've earned it, you know? Uh, okay. Third wish. What you got? Um, third wish would just be, um, it would really just be peace. Yeah. It would just be peace, you know? Yeah. I mean, me, I'm, I'm not a materialistic person. Um, you know, I live a pretty, pretty simple life. Um, don't have many, many wants. The, the things that I'm passionate about don't have anything to do with materialistic stuff is really, um, I just want to be, of. I want to serve on the highest level that I can while, while I'm here, you know, and I, and I know we live in, in, in a reality with money and all that stuff. So, so part of the phase that I'm looking at now, is okay. Well, if I have to play this game, then I already have the rules on how I play it. I already have a, a system of um, I'm using the 80 20 rule pretty much to where um, just like the uh, the idea that I, that I mentioned, um, being able to invest in people and and kind of start a pyramid effect from the from the from the bottom up versus like the, the top down. Yeah, and I, and I think that would change a lot of things too. Um, but yeah, it would probably it would probably be those those three. Very cool, man. Great answers, dude. Great answers. Okay, uh, okay. You got uh, 
two superhero or powers, two superpowers. What do you want? I, I usually ask. I used to ask for one, but I've I found that I personally want two. So I did, I felt like a hypocrite. So I'll give you two, man. Anything you want, superpowers. Go for it. Fly and time travel. Okay, awesome. If I can do if I can do those two. I think I'll be I'll be set. Okay, I'm gonna free one up for you. You can actually fly if you can time travel. If you think about it, time travel to five minutes ahead of you, and now you're flying, right? Hmm. All right, so another one. Okay. You just gained uh, another superpower, dude. <laughs> right. uh, probably in- invisibility. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think invisibility would be cool. Interesting. Just anonymity. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Victor, I cannot thank you enough for your time, man. Uh, I had a blast with you. Incredibly insightful. You got you got the gears working up here, and I, I always appreciate conversations like this and meeting wonderful new people like yourself. So I will be linking all this stuff in the show notes, but uh, tell us about what you got coming up and how folks can find you, man. Yeah, so um, if you're on any of the socials, um, uh, I'm I'm more active on TikTok and Instagram than I than I am on Facebook. Facebook, you'll see some of the old, older stuff, but uh, all of those you can look at uh, Victor Bang V I K T E R B A N G, and the name stands for Victory Over Noise. And um, you can look at that, and um, you'll just see the story of just a regular guy that is just. Um, expanded his awareness and is trying to help other people do the same and trying to do it in a creative way and and really just on a path to see where where this ends. Part of my curiosity wants to see where my story ends. I'm in the middle of it now and and uh, this life that I'm living now, if you would have told me I would have been here having these conversations um, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. 12 years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. So, um, so I, I definitely understand the universe has a bigger imagination than I do. And I think I got a pretty good imagination. So I've yielded to that. And now I'm just on the ride, just kind of seeing where it goes. I love it. I absolutely love it, dude. You're one of my favorite people that I've ever talked to, man. So thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, I, really I enjoy it, man. I, I'm, I'm glad you clicked on it, man. So, oh, you, me awesome. too. Just follow synchronicities. That's it. It's been it's been the model for a lot of stuff I've been doing lately, and it didn't. And I'm grateful that I followed that model because it got us to meet each other, man. So, um, like I said, I'll link all that stuff in the show notes, man. Really looking forward to keeping up with you and your story. And you're part of our story now too. You're part of the Soul Tribe now, man. So you're not alone out there. You got a group. When you come around and do your documentary man come if you make it down to texas you got a place to stay okay and come oh, hang out yeah. and then we'll do oh. it in, in studio talk here um okay well my friend again i cannot thank you enough for your time thank you so much sir all right appreciate it brandon been a pleasure a massive thanks to victor bang for being on the show with me today uh, absolutely incredible guy uh, all of the ways that you can find him are linked in the show notes please follow this young man see where he goes he's going massive places and i want you all along for the ride I sure as hell am. He's absolutely fantastic. So we will definitely have him back on, and I'll let you all know, of course, when we do that. Again, big, big, big thanks to Victor Bang for joining us today on the show for this outstanding talk. Now, as far as this show goes, guys, y'all can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We also have a Patreon, which if you'd like to contribute to the show, greatly appreciated. Please do so at patreon.com at Expanding Reality. You guys, every little bit helps contribute as little or as much as you want. It's just a value-for-value system. If you find the show valuable... Help your boy out, you know, show a little love, throw, throw a little coin to your boy. Um, if not, you know, no worries, either way, it'll still be put out for free. You guys will still be able to enjoy it as much as you'd like. Also, the full video of this will be on YouTube. Liking and sharing always helps the show as well, and we are grateful for the feedback that we've gotten over here at Expanding Reality. We really, really appreciate you guys. So take some of the wisdom from Victor Bang out of this show. 
He goes, move on into your day-to-day. Uh, just pick up a piece of litter. Say something nice to a stranger. Smile at every single person you see. Nothing creepy. Just a nice little friendly smile. It makes everybody's day better. I, you guys get out of that left-hand lane. That's annoying as hell, and you all know that. You know who you are. Get out of that left-hand lane. I, and then as well, just overall and in general, just be good to one another. We'll see you next time.